Does the NFL know it's March? Like, genuine question. Does Does the NFL know it's March, Tony? I mean, it doesn't seem like it sometimes. It just doesn't want to give any room to March Madness. No, I didn't even know there were games going on today, and I'm normally so plugged in. I'm the dude who is like, why is why does ESPN's bracket challenge limit to 25? Like, come on, what's that about? Like, <laughs> let me let me make 50. And then if it got to 50, let me make 100. Come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like March Madness. I didn't even know there were games going on today. So yeah, I mean, there's there's big news today. Um, and we'll be focusing largely on a Packers episode because I believe we promised to, in an earlier episode, do a little bit of a Packers breakdown. So, Tony, do you want to share the news? Yeah, so for those of you that are kind of wondering why we've crossed over and done so much so much coverage on these, these signings that are after this one, we haven't covered the Rodgers signing yet because up until today, the actual numbers for his contract weren't known, so... Uh, we've kind of been able to say like, oh well, this has been a good contract because they're only playing, they're only paying him X this year and X the next year, and it's team friendly. We didn't really know all the exact details, so we decided to wait. And today, the terms finally came out, and Aaron Rodgers has been signed to a three-year, one hundred and fifty million con, one hundred fifty million dollar contract, forty point eight million dollar signing bonus, average salary of just over fifty million. And the next time he would be a free agent on this contract uh, would be 2025. Yeah, I believe that that's there is a contract trigger according to over the cap in as soon as 2024. But I would imagine that there's no reason to think that he won't be, you know, that contract won't be triggered and he'll play through 2025. And I believe he can even play through 2026. But his cap number. Um, at that point, it's like $53 million. So I, Tony and I were both talking. We think that in 2024 and 2025 and even 2026, those years are probably like a little bit of almost like, like the Taysom Hill contract where they put on a bunch of void years but loaded up caps so they could kind of just move money around. So they you know pay them big this year um, and, and the next year. But then after that, like the, the numbers kind of get ridiculous, and I don't imagine that they're actually going to take place. Yeah, I think so as well. I think 2024 is feasible. That would be an it would be expensive that year's cap. It would be 40.7 million at that time. But I think it's after that that it really starts to get uh, an unreasonable level where it's kind of obvious that they've really backloaded the cap. It'd be 59.3 million in 2025 and 53.4 million in 2026. So, like you said, it's going to be kind of like the Taysom Hill contract where if they do decide to keep him uh, at that point, and he actually wants to continue to play, they would definitely rework a new contract, restructure, or just offer an, a new one altogether. They would not be paying him that much. Yeah, now granted, it is feasible to think that the cap is going to rise significantly, but I doubt that it's going to rise where one player can command a $60 million cap hit in 2025. <laughs> Unless he wins um, MVP for the next three straight years. Yeah, no, it's. It, I guess that's totally possible. Um, so, what does this deal really mean for the Packers? Because over the cap currently has them, I believe, at nine million over the salary cap. But of course, that is with the assumption that Devontae Adams plays on the tag, which is is very much subject to, t- to change according to the latest news um, on NFL Twitter. Yeah, um, this is actually a really team friendly contract for the Packers and Twitter has kind of been divided today after the signing because on the one hand on paper it looks like 
you know, he's making $50 million a year. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to have a contract where he will average uh, slightly over that amount over the duration of it. So on the surface, it does not look like it is a very cap friendly deal, but you have to think that yes, on the surface, it may look like that, but they did back end it so much for 2022. They actually were able to decrease the salary cap hit by 18 million by doing this contract. And while yes, it is going to kind of increase over time, his cap hit uh, for 2022 is 28.5 million. Then it goes to 31.6 million, then 40.7 million. So you can kind of see that it grows somewhat exponentially over the next couple of years. And then it gets to that unreasonable level, but the Packers are really kind of going all in on the next, it looks like two to three years where Rodgers has kind of allowed them to pay him what he's worth, you know, back-to-back MVPs, now four-time MVP. He's done phenomenal things over the past two years. So I do believe that, you know, if Kirk Cousins did just get $35 million, which I do believe Kirk is a great quarterback, all that, but Rodgers has won MVP the past two years in a row, I think it is fair to give him $50 million. And in the way they did it, it has been relatively light on yeah, I mean, like, the, the crazy thing about the notion that this isn't a cap-friendly deal is, like, Deshaun Watson, $40 million. Ryan Tannehill, and these are all these this season, $38.6 million. Matt Ryan, $36.6 million. Patrick Mahomes, $35.8 million. Kirk Cousins, $31.4 million. Jared Goff, $31.15 million. I mean, the, the craziest thing is that when everybody's lobbing this, like, they aren't taking into account that Aaron Rodgers is the third highest paid quarterback in his own division. And the, the fourth is a rookie. So it's physically impossible for him. So Aaron Rodgers is literally the cheapest court starting quarterback in the division. That's not a rookie named Justin Fields. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, it's hilarious. Outrageous Cause it's, it's not even close. Like I think, I think you ask anybody that knows anything about football and they're going to tell you that no matter how much they hate him, Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFC North. Kirk Cousins second. Easily. Yeah, and it's it's by a wide margin because Kirk is the second best guy, and Kirk is, you know, he's great and all, he's fine. But it's not even close, the level of talent and ability between Rodgers and Kirk. So to suggest that this isn't a team-friendly contract when he's when his cap hit is really less than these guys is absurd. No, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest thing being lost is that everybody's looking at the overall length of the contract, which I seriously doubt is going to to even really like I seriously doubt they're going to honor the full length of the contract so I think that really you need to look at the next two years because as soon as once it gets to the astronomical level it's just not going to actually be real yeah I think that's exactly how it's going to be and it's kind of like you said before the cap hit is real it is there but it is fairly easy to kind of kick the can down the road this is a perfect example of that because yes they're kind of telling the league oh yeah this is his contract this is 100% completely legitimate but it's even being reported that everybody knows that this is kind of like not the way it's going to be. So in reality, it's a pretty short term contract, especially, you know, he is aging. So it would normally make sense of a quarterback of his age to get this kind of a contract, but it looks a lot longer than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, that option in 2024, I believe is, is probably a team trigger. And so he, you know, is, is guaranteed his salary that year. But I would imagine, like, look, the team's the team's gonna opt out. I feel like that is is pretty much a guarantee. I feel like there was a decision like let's let's run this back two years while you're still cheap, and then after that, 
you know, because we we know Rodgers is probably contemplating retirement. I mean, it was it was rumored that he was doing that already this season without a Super Bowl ring, and he you know he's quietly thirty nine. I know that you know with Tom Brady, good lord, a quarterback can play till he's fifty, but with Rodgers being a thirty nine, contemplating retirement, and and already I think probably being a little bit done with the sport of football. I think that it's not unreasonable to say, hey, he'll be 41 in 2024. He's probably not interested in playing. Yeah, it it has become a very – it was a very seriously discussed topic over this past offseason. Pat McAfee revealed that once Rodgers had, you know, confirmed was going to sign this contract, said that Rodgers very legitimately was contemplating retirement. Like, that was not a bit. That was not a joke. That was a very serious thing. And Rodgers has publicly stated that – he is going to play until he feels that he can't or he feels that it's just not rewarding and it's not worth his time anymore. And at this point with how much money he's made, he no longer needs it for the money he set for the rest of his life. That's not going to be an issue. It really just comes down to, does he want to continue to play the game? Does he feel like it's worth, it's worth his effort that he's putting into it. He's aging. He's stated multiple times that he doesn't want to be that guy that, starts to age he was a former NFL player and starts to have health issues really really uh, early on in life relatively he wants to be one of these guys that's healthy and can do all the things in retirement that guys want to do so we really don't know how much longer he's going to be in the NFL I think he is committed a hundred percent to this year he's not going to pull a Brady and suddenly retire and uh enforce his let's look at it 175 so it really just you broke up there a little bit, Tony. Oh, I said he's not going to enforce his $175.2 million dead cap hit with his retirement, but uh, I do think that he will play at least this year, but after that, we really don't know. I was going to say, pulling a Brady, it would be retiring and then coming back, right, as the world is like starting to move on. <laughs> um, so, but, but enough about Rodgers. Like, I feel like the, the details are pretty straightforward. What does that mean for Devontae Adams? He was obviously a player that the Packers placed on the franchise tag, so his base salary this year is going to be the same as his cap hit, which is, is to say it's $20 million, 21 specific. It's been rumored that Devontae Adams is trying to get a number that is probably the highest paid in the league, which I believe would be somewhere above $30 million. Is that real with Rodgers' new contract? Like a real? It's going to be tough. I don't, it's going to be hard to do with them. You know, they restructured Rogers contract. That's all fine and dandy, whatever they are still as of according to over the cap.com, they are still just a hair over $7 million over the cap with Rogers new contract. Yes. That's assuming uh, Devante's franchise tag status. So there is that. And so obviously if he were to get like, let's say he goes to 30 million, Instead of the cap being increased by thirty million, it's assuming it's twenty million, so it would only get increased by ten. So that would be much more reasonable to handle. But they would probably have to cut some of these very, very valuable other guys. And at that point, they're thinking, is it worth it to do that? So as of right now, the highest paid wide receiver going into this year is DeAndre Hopkins at twenty seven point two five million dollars. And honestly, I think DeAndre Hopkins is great. You know, whatever. Julio Jones is second at twenty two million. So. There's a distinct drop-off between those two guys. I think the difference between you know Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins and those guys who are clearly the upper echelon of NFL wide receivers, I think that Devontae Adams is frankly in a whole nother league above that of his own. Like I don't think he's anywhere close to the level that those guys are. I think he's really that much better. So 
to think that they that is rumored that the Packers offered him about twenty three million dollars this upcoming year for uh, a long term contract, and he declined it. Which honestly, I can't say that I blame him. He's definitely deserved it. There was a metric where over the past like four years, he's led in receptions, yards, and touchdowns uh, in total, which is unreal. So I think that as much as he deserves $30 million, and as much as it might be possible, honestly, I don't think it's entirely like. Yeah, I mean, and just looking right now, I think if they wanted to, and I, I know you're not going to like this because I, I think you like him a lot, the best move for the Packers would be to get rid of Alan Lazard. That would be, it would be a really, really tough one. And just, so from, let me, uh, so sorry. So from a cap perspective, Lazard, if he were to be cut post or pre-June 1, he would have a dead hit of $0, but then would have cap savings of nearly $4 million. Which sure. would be solid. I, I think Lazard is a really, really solid Maybe wide trade receiver. him. I think he's a great wide receiver too. I wouldn't be necessarily against getting, you know, trading him and getting some assets because from what I can remember, as much as, you know, he's great and all that, the Packers system doesn't really use him nearly as much as they should. He's really not being used enough. Uh, 2021, his stats were 40 receptions, 513 yards, eight touchdowns. And that's fine. I think he could do so much more than that. They just don't give him the opportunity to. So, you might, if you're not going to give the guy the opportunity to be an extremely good wide receiver, like I believe he could be, I mean, you might as well trade him. Yeah, I mean, beyond Lazard, I'm not seeing a lot of people who, if you cut them, they're going to give you the salary cap flexibility without, um, you know, without a, a significant dead money hit. Like Bakhtiari, if you cut him, sure, you get $2 million in cap savings, but you also get, like, Eleven point five million in dead money, uh, so it's you know like a lot of these guys. Besides a bunch of rookies who are rookie deals, are not going to be realistic to cut. You now, if you start like cutting guys who are rookie deals, it's like okay, we're gonna get to it was seven million, Tony. Yeah, just a hair over seven million. We are going to get to seven million eight hundred thousand dollars and a rookie contract at a time. So I think that I don't know I. Maybe this is just crazy, but I think maybe Lazard might be on the move if the Packers really want to bring back Devontae at a, a large contract like he desires, and if we're being honest, as earned. Yeah, absolutely, and I, it has been rumored that Marquez Valdez-Scantlin is going to be on the move. It's rumored that he's actually currently striking up a deal with the San Francisco 49ers for about 10 mil a year. And at the end of the day, no matter how much I may like all three of those guys at this point, there's no chance we can keep all of them. And if we sign Devontae, there's probably a decent chance we can't keep Lazard or MBS. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a reality that you have to come to grips with. Now, I'm okay with that because, you know, I think just having Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers is going to make any ancillary pieces they bring in around the two of them that much better. But I, I think it's a very real possibility. Now, I, I did find someone that is worth cutting. Can you guess who it is? Or cutting or trading, I should say. Somebody worth cutting or trading. I'm assuming receiver? Um, no. No, not a receiver. Somebody that's worth cutting or trading, not a receiver, that can open up cap space. Hmm. Oh, I lied. 
I misread. They are I misread a receiver. The sheet. Yeah, it's a receiver. Never mind. It's a receiver. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I don't like this, but is it Cobb? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Cobb. It's Cobb. He would free up eight million dollars in cap savings if Cutter trade with only a one point four dead money hit. I I can understand why you would do that. That's literally like the 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 figure they need right now. I know Rodgers likes Cobb, but well, the problem is, is that Rodgers really likes Cobb, and Cobb is in a fantastic slot receiver. I think he's one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. But we didn't use him this year. 28 receptions, 375 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, this is the guy that Rodgers pulled for so hard, and I do think that, that was justified. I think Cobb was awesome. I think Cobb freed up some stuff for us a lot of the time. But if he's only getting less than 400 yards over the course of a 17-game season, He's not worth the money you're paying him. You either have to really, you know, shave his contract down so it's a lot more team friendly for the production he's given. You got to trade him, or you got to really work him way more into this system because we have a lot of great guys. But when you have enough great guys, you're going to pay all of them pretty well, and you're not going to use them all like they should be. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, the Packers still haven't even signed their rookies, so it's seven million over the cap, and they got rookies to go. Yeah, that was that's, that was what happened to the Falcons is they they had to clear out people because, you know they they literally couldn't sign their rookie class, so it's not like that would be crazy if they now I mean to to be honest like you said you know there's always the option of a restructuring they could restructure a lot of contracts I mean that's totally possible if you have some players who really want to go all in, I mean we could see Adams maybe take a lower number this year and play for a guaranteed number next year. You know, and kind of take more of a backloaded contract. Maybe that's something he'd be interested. In. I, I seriously doubt it from the reports that I've seen. He wants thirty million, and if that happens, goodbye a lot of depth. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, there's always the there's always the potential. But looking at over the cap, I mean, there's another player. So there's Mason Crosby. You could cut him. He does come with a one point four million dead money hit, but he comes with a three point four cap savings. So I mean, like, you know, those three guys are really the biggest. Oh, Elgton Jenkins. He's a 700,000 dead cap hit and a 4 million cap savings. I mean, these are just guys with good dead money to cap savings ratios that are very, like, I don't want to say, like, you can get rid of all of them, but, like, if you needed to get rid of one or two of them to to create flexibility, I guess it's possible. Well, the problem with Elgton Jenkins is we can't let him go because we just cut Billy Turner, and those are both kind of our Swiss Army knife guys in Uh mind when we inevitably have a ton of injuries we can kind of plug and play them wherever we want so i think but i think the option was between turner and jenkins and they picked turner to go so i think jenkins is a lock to stay i hope so at least probably no, that's i fair. heard they are actually going to stick with uh on this exact same contract i heard that earlier today they haven't been shown any interest in trying to rework his contract so that's a little interesting honestly i would not have guessed that myself but it, we're, we've cut a few guys, and the guys that we've kept, we've given a lot of money. Devondre Campbell, five years, $50 million. That's a lot of money. It's less than he could have gotten. I think he would have gotten more money if he went somewhere else for sure, but that is still a lot of money. The Packers currently have, and I, I can't believe I missed this, they have $24.6 million in dead money. Billy Turner, $5.8 million in dead money. Zedaria Smith, he's eleven point four. And then Tony's favorite player ever, Kevin King, 
at three million. So Kevin King has gotten his revenge on Tony, I think. Kevin King could have had a two hundred million dollar dead <laughs> money hit, and I still would be happy with letting him go. Yeah, because it would have probably meant that the Packers would have had to assign you. <laughs> yeah, me. I mean, and I, I think I would be better than Kevin King some of these times. <laughs> oh, we joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this has been very interesting. Rodgers was one of the last, I feel like, big quarterback puzzle pieces to fall into place. Not that I thought he was going to go anywhere, of course, with Denver being locked up by Russell Wilson and the Raiders seeming to be committed to Carr. You know, I I didn't think that there were a whole lot of places left for Rodgers to go. But the last one, of course, is Deshaun Watson. So currently it's being reported that the teams in the mix are the Panthers, the Saints, and then lately the Falcons, and then the Browns. Now I have, I have some thoughts on the Falcons, um, but but let's go to the Saints. So obviously I think that that, you know, all of these teams had to be approved first by the Texans in terms of their package, and then Watson gets to meet with each of the teams leadership so I believe that for each of the teams that's been coach and owner um, and possibly GM I, I believe it was just coach and owner for the Panthers and Saints but um, that you know they had meetings today I believe he's meeting with the Falcons tomorrow or something um, but those are the teams that are are the clear front runners and sources are saying that Watson will have a decision in by tomorrow so we could be back at this when that news breaks which would be huge I'd love to talk about that news um, but right now Tony you know, I, I think the Saints probably the best team in terms of of competitiveness. That would instantly become the Saints and the Buccaneers probably some of the best games in football. Uh, the Panthers are, I think, the less interesting option just because they'd be giving away what little quality talent that they have that they've been building over the years. They'd be giving a lot of that away to then put Watson behind a very bad offensive line. Granted, getting better with some of free agency, but still a very bad offensive line. The Browns are very interesting because that would be a really good team if they got Watson. I'd be surprised to see what, you know, what happened to Baker Mayfield. He did post a cryptic tweet that was like a letter saying, thank you, Cleveland. Um, and then the Falcons, well, I think that they are just to try to get the bidding up on the Saints and Panthers part, but you know, they, they seem to be legit. But that was my initial reaction. Of the four teams, I mean, where, does, where do you think Watson's going? There's actually a little bit of an interesting thing I've been thinking about lately, and some reports have been coming out that have justified this. And uh, according to Pro Football Talk, there has been some speculation as to where Deshaun Watson might be going. And as much as Cleveland on the surface doesn't seem like a super great place, I do think that it would actually make the most sense for three teams. And here's why. If Deshaun Watson were to go to the Browns, the Texans have apparently, allegedly, made it known that they don't want a package that includes Baker Mayfield. It would not be a QB for QB swap. The Texans have allegedly said that they are uh, expecting to go forward with Davis Mills as their starting quarterback next season with this rebuild. Ah, Davis Mills. (laughs) So what this means is, is the Browns would then have Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield Uh, both on the active roster until Baker is, of course, going to be traded at some point. I think that after Baker's last season, in which he performed so poorly, and with how few assets the Colts actually got for their Carson Wentz trade, it could make sense for Baker to to go to Indianapolis with very few assets after such a poor down year, which would then satisfy the Colts' need for a quarterback. It would satisfy the Browns' need 
uh, and Deshaun Watson's need to get out of Texan to get out of Texas, and then it would satisfy the Texans need to get rid of Deshaun Watson and they have a quarterback that they're willing to go forward with. Good Lord, I love that. It's perfect. It's just enough conspiracy, but makes sense. It's beautiful. (laughs) I do hate to say that I feel like there's no way he goes to the Browns just because the Browns have made, uh, the Texans have made it very clear to the Colts, fittingly enough, that after they traded away Carson Wentz, the Texans were like, nope. Um, but, you know, they want him at the very least out of the division. And I would imagine probably out of the conference, send him to the NFC. So I that's why I don't like the Browns. I already said that I think the Falcons, they feel like just an 11th hour poll to try to get the Panthers and Saints to commit a few more assets just because he'd be so dangerous that you don't want him on a team that's not your own team. And then I just, I don't think Deshaun wants to go to the Panthers because if you're going to go to a team, why would you go to the third or fourth best team in the division when you could go to what would be a very close second to the Buccaneers first? So I feel like it's going to be the Saints, especially because they have more on the way of assets to give that aren't quarterback driven. It would also free up Jameis to go to the Colts if we want to play, if we want to try to make uh, somebody get, uh, go to the Colts. So I, I think that the Saints might work the best. The Saints might work the best, but and I know they're kind of showing interest in them, but the Saints are the team that are showing interest but need him the least. Like, they have Jameis Winston, and when Jameis was healthy... Well, he's not signed. He's still a free agent, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it, they have the option. Like, they actually have a backdoor out. The Panthers are kind of like, yes, they have Darnold, but that's not really yeah, great. Darnold. The Colts that's are out on solution. it. The Browns are not don't seem like they're willing to go forward with Baker any longer. Like the Saints are the least desperate for a quarterback. They have this guy kind of sitting on the back shelf that they can sign at any moment. So they're probably going to be willing to commit the you know, the least amount of assets to Houston, which Houston's obviously not going to like. So I don't think that they are a great landing spot just because of that. I honestly see it totally differently because I think that if if the Texans are telling you we don't want a quarterback, suddenly the Browns leverage obviously dips. And so like if you're in this trade, who are you sending? If I'm who? The Browns. In your dream trade, who are you sending if you're not sending Baker? If I'm not sending Baker Mayfield, but I have to make I mean I can't really send a ton of players. I, I, most of my players are probably going to be an upgrade for the Texans, which is a weird sentence. I mean, for a caps, from a cap space perspective, you kind of have to. You only have sixteen million, and you'd be inheriting. Granted, you free up eighteen of that almost instantly by by sending away Baker, but you could be, you know, you still would need a little bit because I believe Deshaun's hit is forty. Yeah, so I mean, I you could definitely throw a player or two in there, but I would, if I'm the Texans, I would want mostly mostly picks and if I can get for Deshaun Watson you're not going to get the same number of picks as you would have gotten him as you would have gotten for him like you know like two years two ago years, when he was yeah. like yeah freshly playing he was an all-star absolutely destroying the league like at that point it was like okay this guy is guaranteed to be it if I'm the Browns I'm at least willing to make the argument to save myself some equity like oh, well, we can't give you a second round. Let's give you a third round because we don't know if he's going to be great anymore and, like, kind of save myself a little bit. I don't think – I don't buy that. I don't buy that that's a legitimate theory. 
I don't think it's going to knock you from like, oh, we're not going to give you a first. We'll give you a second. But like if you want to say, let's save a second and give him a third and just say, oh, we're not 100% confident that he's going to come back like he was immediately, you might be able to pull that off. But at the end of the day, it's got to be mostly picks because the Texans, like as much as they can grab a player or two, at the end, it's not really going to help them all that much because they just need so much well, I mean, everywhere. If they're going to move forward with Davis Mills, like I do think that they're starting to rebuild now, and like maybe if you could get a wide receiver or something, it might be be worth the ass, you know, be worth the asset um, acquisition. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up somebody, it might be worth it. I guess. I think if you send a player, you have to send an offensive player because that's that's, yes, that's probably yes, what they should start with a hundred percent. So send... and I think Cleveland has a couple of assets to give if they want to give. Send they a running back. Give one of the running backs. <laughs> we did it. We we both came up with the same thing. I I feel smart because I was worried I was going to say, oh, they're good. they should give up a running back, and that would sound dumb. Well, um, but actually, that's not a bad idea because we talked about death. earlier how Dearness Johnson is actually sneaky good for what he was. Monster. If you can go ahead with Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, and then just toss you know whichever you don't I'd go get rid out of, of Nick Hunt. Chubb or Kareem Hunt kind of toss him you know in a trade offer i think that would be extremely valuable to a team like the texans who really Heck, just need anything they can get it could be dearness johnson it could be i don't know if you're going to get a whole lot of value out of him just because like kind of our critique of him before was like yes he was great but it was a super small sample size so i'd probably want to toss out a guy with a little more value just out of like consistency sake of like so, we know he's great because he's done it for a lot longer. If they sent away Kareem Hunt, they would have zero dead money and 6.3 million in in cap savings, which is obviously huge. And then mm-hmm. if they sent away if they sent away Chubb, they would have 12 million dollars in a cap hit and their cap savings would be negative 6.8 million. <laughs> Okay, so Kareem Hunt so it is. We're going to send away Kareem Hunt in this pack. Kareem Hunt. Yep, okay. That makes complete sense. <laughs> I'm glad my fair. instincts were right. I was, I, again, I I felt so vulnerable if I was going to say get rid of Kareem Hunt. But no, that's a, the that's cat a math one, says honestly. it. Looking the cat math says it. Send away Kareem Hunt. If you want to keep one of your running backs, because, like, it's Cleveland. They are a kind of they've been built on a very ground and pound game the past couple of years with this they were kind of like the original two headed monster team in the NFL. Like nobody else had really successfully done that before this Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt thing went so well. You could potentially send away like an Amari Cooper or an Austin Hooper if you really wanted to. I I think I may have fallen in love with the Browns. I'm looking, telling you it so, makes sense for everybody. So looking at this, they send away Baker Mayfield. Nearly nineteen million. We'll call it nineteen million in cap savings. Zero dead so we're, money. We're hit. saying Baker. Are we are we assuming where Baker goes to, or are we? Just I'm just going to say. I'm going to say the Colts. I'm going to say that if Deshaun goes it. to the Browns, Baker, logically speaking, best fits to the Colts. Um, now there is Jimmy G, who's still in play. Like it's it's if if Baker becomes free, you know, I would be very curious to see where he goes because I do think that Jimmy G is such a good fit for the Colts. But for the, the purposes of this, the only way the math works is if Baker goes to the Colts and that frees up $19 million. The Browns currently have six, uh, we'll call it $17 million in, in cap space, in active cap space. 
So those two numbers aren't quite 40, which is what they would need to take on Deshaun. So what do they do? They send away Kareem Hunt, who has a $6.3 million cap, uh, cap saving with zero dead money attached. If they want to do Dearness Johnson, they can, but like it would be more like $3 million in the way of, of a cap saving. 2.4, actually. Plus, he's probably not going to be as valuable to... It means, yeah, they'll have to give up a, a better pick or something. So yeah. I could see some... I could see... The Browns sending dear, uh, Kareem Hunt a lot of good picks and then dealing Baker Mayfield to I, heck. I, do you think you could kind of see the Panthers taking up Bay- Mayfield? That Baker, feels crazy. I mean, I guess Baker could go to anybody. I think that I think that the Panthers do have a guy in Sam Donald. Like the Colts are gonna have yeah, to the be Panthers don't. the hardest. I, they have some. They have a body. The Colts don't yeah, even really have a body back there. <laughs> like they're fighting the hardest for the for somebody at this point. Even if it's a guy that's kind of like you know, he's Baker. He was hurt last year, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on injury on his play. Before that, I think he was pretty decent. He is still a starting NFL quarterback. He's very starting caliber if he's healthy. I think he could very realistically go to the Colts because the Colts are probably going to give up the most capital to get him as the days kind of get closer to the season starting. And, you know, the more quarterbacks go off the market, the more desperate they're going to get. No, I mean, the second that Watson goes off the board, the Colts are going to go to, to scramble mode. And I, I, again, I don't think that if the, if the Colts thought that they were going to get Watson, I think they must have been crazy. So there's no way that's the case. I think the Colts are trying to get Jimmy G right now. They've been really, I feel like they've been very quiet. And if they have that 54 million in cash space they could absorb a very expensive jimmy g contract and so i think that you know they're a great destination for basically all the free agent quarterbacks left on the board except for watson i guess he's not a free agent but you get the point yeah so so let's assume that watson goes to cleveland yeah let's play with that does scenario. that mean let yeah let's just start there for argument for argument's sake does that then mean that baker and jimmy g and it, it they're it could be either or. It could be either or. One of them will be Colts and the other will be Panthers. Uh, no, I. That's the problem. Is that I. I know that the Panthers were very aggressively trying to get Matthew Stafford, and the Rams obviously grabbed him. So they were like, "Oh, you know what's? You know who's basically Matthew Stafford 2.0? Sam Darnold." I, I, I'm obviously being sarcastic. I've made that one very clear. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that they would just go for anybody i think they're very much in the deshaun watson sweepstakes and if they don't get them tank commander matt rule is going to lose his job they're going to bring in a rookie quarterback and a new head coach together yeah i could definitely see that that who else so who else would we need who else really needs i mean the seahawks yeah i mean lord knows they've got the cap space i could see them if they maybe if the Seahawks, if the Browns were like, let's get Baker out of the the, the conference, and they send him to Seattle for some for some assets back, and that allows Jimmy G to go to the Colts. Well, could we? Because I mean, if the, if the could we potentially see just a straight up Deshaun Watson trade to the Seahawks? I doubt it. I seriously, I mean, they haven't even been mentioned. If they, I mean, t- okay, that doesn't mean anything. But so I was going to say. They haven't been mentioned at all in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. But I'm thinking back to the Kawhi Leonard. Um, free agency where he had narrowed it down to three teams. It was the Clippers, Lakers, and the Toronto Raptors. And 
everybody was getting buzzed from the Lakers and the Toronto Raptors that he was going to go to the Lakers. He kind of hosed both of those teams by making them wait so long and then went with the Clippers because the Clippers, you know, Kawhi had specifically command, like said, hey, I want to see if, you're, if you guys are loyal, like be quiet, don't leak that I'm coming here. And the Clippers were the only team to not leak that. So, you know, just because we're not hearing about them, I guess, doesn't mean anything. But with the particulars of Deshaun that he's re- he is requesting to meet with teams and the fact that Seattle hasn't been brought up, I feel like there's no way that the Seahawks, I mean, they have the cap space, but I feel like there's no way. The Seahawks would really have to, they, they can't really send players anymore. Like, they've kind of burned ship it's on It's not a wide receiver. We, I, we yeah, said that the Texans want offensive weapons. I guess. I guess they could send a receiver, but they would still have to really load up on sending picks. No, that's true. I mean, which I guess yeah, they I mean, did they, just I get a bunch they, of they picks have. for us. So <laughs> yeah, they have them. Um, oh, so one thing I I failed to take into account, and I apologize for this. If Deshaun is traded pre June one, which is obviously what we're looking at, if he's going to be traded tomorrow, like people have been saying or, or making his decision tomorrow, he would. The Texans would be dealing with a sixteen million dollar cap hit. Uh, uh, dead money, but would get 24 in savings. So I believe that means that the Browns would only be on the hook for 24, which, like, theoretically speaking, they actually could float both Deshaun and Baker if they really needed to, which would be very awkward and interesting. Yeah, I mean, that makes me like it even more, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I just... I hate how much I like this kind of, like, three-way <laughs> trade we got going on here, but it makes too much sense, but none at the same time. No, I mean, it does, and uh, who says Baker can't go to the Saints? Like, just because the Saints... I mean, this, if this, the Saints can't like Jameis that much if they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Yeah. Maybe I that's wonder, not fair, I but... I wonder if it's like Deshaun is the only guy, though. Because I feel like if you're giving me a list of all the guys we've talked about so far, excluding Rodgers, of course, in the previous topic, it's it's got to go Deshaun Watson and then J-Bo and then, like, a pretty decent drop and then, like, maybe maybe Baker. Well, you're forgetting Jimmy. I mean, I don't know if I put Jimmy over Baker when they're healthy. Oh, maybe. That's really hard to tell. I might just because, I don't know, that's that's definitely an interesting comparison to, to have to think about. But yeah, but I mean, those those are the four guys, so I guess. I... And I do think that those top two guys have a wide margin between those bottom two guys. I think that Deshaun's, the margin between Deshaun and Jameis is... Is uh is Jameis to Jimmy G or Baker? I think it might be wider than that, honestly. Like I really do like Jameis Winston. We're we've been high on him from the start. You we've been we've been very high on him for a while. It was so disappointing to see him get injured, especially after he really did have a pretty hot start and that team was looking way better than a lot of people thought they that would. That team makes the playoffs. Oh yeah, I think that team makes the playoffs for sure. And that team, you know, who knows? Maybe that team makes a run. I mean, all it takes is getting hot. Just ask the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, right. They're, I'm, I can, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do that again in the next two years. Like they're going to need more to get to that place again. Yeah. So, do I? I kind of hate myself that I like this, uh, this Browns trade, but it's not horrible. It's not bad, and I honestly think I'm going to stick to it. It's the one that I would love to see the most as a fan. And now that I've you know, kind of predicted yeah, it. Obviously, I'd love to see it a lot as well. But <laughs> it means Deshaun's not going to be in the NFC. <laughs> I don't even mind that so much. Like, I think that yes, they the Deshaun, don't if Deshaun is on the Saints the as a, 
as a Packers fan, Deshaun of the Saints has got to scare you a little bit, right? I mean, what? At worst, we play them once a year. That doesn't scare me that much. Well, I mean, you'd eventually see them in the playoffs, theoretically. Theoretically, maybe. I guess it just depends on seeding at that point. But, like, the Texans have made it very clear they don't want to trade in the division. And I think that makes complete and perfect sense. I don't but if all. Deshaun really wants it, wants out that bad, and there's this many teams on the table that are willing to offer a bunch of assets, like, I. I feel like that the Texans would be willing to trade within the AFC with maybe a little more capital than an NFC team, but we do have some AFC teams that would be willing to offer quite a bit of capital. So I think it's it's, it's fairly reasonable to think that Deshaun Watson could end up on another AFC team, especially since the Texans know that it doesn't really matter. Like, if they face Deshaun Watson or they face a team without Deshaun Watson, they're probably getting smoked either way for, like, the next three years. <laughs> so it's not like they're a, a team that would be right there with a lot of other teams. At that point, I could see it being a thing. But this team is such a dumpster fire, and I don't even think they're thinking about that. No, that's probably true. I think that um, – so looking at the Saints, good lord, are they going to have to do so much cap dancing – not tap dancing, I, cap dancing. I meant wow, that, that one. Yeah, I'm proud of that one. So the Saints are going to have to do a lot of cap dancing, but come on, it's the Saints. The Saints have never been scared of cap dancing. They somehow were 100 million over the salary cap, got under it, and then this year I think we're like 70 million under this over the salary cap, and they're back within three million of it. So I think that. While it may seem kind of impossible, I think they could find a way. If I think now that I think about it, if I'm the Saints, they probably are sending players out the door. Or trying to send more players out the door. It might be restructuring Taysom Hill's contract because the man has a $12.3 million cap hit. And without um, without Sean Payton there, I don't think there's anybody who particularly wants to pay Taysom Hill $13 million. No, he was a very... Uh... I don't want to say like one year wonder, but he's definitely not. He doesn't have that same buzz around him like this off season as he did last off season because the league has kind of figured out that like oh he's the jackknife when he's on the field he's probably going to just run it so he doesn't really have that same awesome fun appeal anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think that every team should have a Taysom, but eh, I, he's just overpaid. Like he's not that great. Zelo score is never that good. It's like a below average running back. Yeah, he's really not worth all that much. Um, so then looking at the Panthers, obviously they have the cap space to swing it. And I think that the most likely personnel that they're going to send away, if they don't want to do a quarterback trade, which I don't think that Sam Darnold is, is going to be involved in this trade at all, realistically, I, I could see them trading Christian McCaffrey. I really could. If they're going to try to go and acquire him. Which I kind of like. Actually, never know- mind. <laughs> Never mind. I just looked. I just looked at the financials. Trading him pre June one would result in an eight point five million dead money hit, and they would lose four million in in the salary cap. Now, if they waited until after June one to trade him, they would only um, have a five point seven million dollar dead money hit, but they would and then have eight point six in cap saving. But I don't think Deshaun is going to wait till post June one. Like a deal is going to be done today or tomorrow. Like well, every really time my phone what vibrates, wants right? No, I think it does. I think if Deshaun wants to, with how bad that guy wants to be out of, if he wanted to take his time, when was he cleared by the grand jury? When was he cleared of charges? 
like what four days ago. Yeah, if he didn't want to be out of Houston right now, he would not have begun this. Well, is think. this is this really so much because because he just got cleared and wants out so bad, or because we we kind of figured that he'd be back sooner or later, and a lot of teams have been eyeing him for a year, like. Just because, like, you and I have kind of avoided the topic just because we didn't really want to get into it. Uh, but we we all knew that, like, a bunch of teams were looking for this guy. So it was honestly probably more of the teams jumping on this than Deshaun jumping But he's on also it, taking the meetings, though. Like, it's not like he's just He's taking, I mean, you're not going to decline meetings. the meetings if you want. If you, like, well, if the team's going to offer you a meeting, then you're not going to say, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. But if you want to wait, like... If the difference is going to be like, you know, wait three extra months for a team that you kind of like, and especially because he doesn't really get to decide this. Like, at the end of the day, the Texans are the ones that get to decide if he goes anywhere at all. Yeah, but that's my point is that, I mean, the Texans are clearly, you can leave, we have Davis Mills, which is a sentence never did I imagine I'd say is, Deshaun, you can leave, we have Davis Mills. Um, But I think that the Texans want to get rid of him too. So they can move on with their lives, and the Panthers not having Christian McCaffrey that's a movable contract until after June one just is an, is a mark against them because that's realistically like look at the Panthers roster and tell me who you'd want. Well, that's, that's what I'm not saying, though. Christian like, McCaffrey, and and I don't I don't know if this would exactly happen uh, in this exact scenario, but let's say the Texans really want Christian McCaffrey like really bad. He's the one guy that they would love to have. If they really want this guy this bad, if the if the Panthers really wanted to say, we will do that trade for you, we will give you that guy just like you want, the only contingency is you have to wait until June 2nd to, you know, do finalize this trade. I think the Texans would be willing to do that if it meant getting their guy. And I don't know if Christian McCaffrey is the guy that they want. Maybe it's not at all. But I'm just kind of saying, like, at the end of the day, the Texans get to decide when this really does happen if they want over Deshaun Watson. They could make that happen if they really wanted to. I'm hesitant to say that the Texans are the one with control because, you know, Deshaun has that no trade clause that he's been exercising pretty liberally. That's how we got to these four teams is that Deshaun said, okay, you look fine. Um, so I do think that he has the control. My My thing is that just... You know, in in a game of basically inches, like these teams with Deshaun Watson could be a whole lot better than they are. You know, so I think Deshaun probably his mentality is like, you know, surround me with talent or don't, but I could, you know, I'll be elite kind of. I, you know, but he, you know, would prefer to be like on the Saints because they're the probably the best roster. Maybe the yeah. Maybe I mean, he's probably are. telling teams I've been I worked with the Texans a couple years ago and look what we did. Like, imagine what I could do with your team, and he could say yeah. that to like literally any team. <laughs> I didn't have a GM, and I got my team to the uh, the AFC semis. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it, this is, it's not going to be hard to get teams interested. Clearly, they've all showed interest in wanting to meet immediately. It's really just a matter of when makes the most sense to do these trades, depending on what players are put in and all of their money situations. Like it's really just going to be kind of a game of chess as to what these teams offer when they you know, offer it and all that stuff. But that's my point is that in this game of chess, everything is against, is a, you know, anything that's a mark against you is a major mark against you because what these teams can offer, you know, are very similar and hard to distinguish from. So I think that the thing I would say is notable and distinguishing from 
is the fact that the Panthers are saying, okay, we'll do the trade with you, but you got to wait until, you know, June. And I don't think teams want to wait till June. I don't think Deshaun wants to wait till June to, to yeah, go meet with his team. I don't think teams wait till June for most players. But CMC healthy, assuming he comes back like he, you know, was. Yeah, that's what I said last season. Players. Yeah, I, I don't know. Last season, CMC, is that's kind of what I said going into the season. Um, let's move to the Falcons because I don't think I realized it, but it's midnight. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, no, we've been burning the midnight oil, literally. Um, so looking at the Falcons, we, we've kind of come into this with the mindset that you want an offensive player. And looking at the Falcons, I don't see somebody who's particularly cap-friendly. That's a great offensive talent that, that the the Texans might want. So, I think the Falcons are honestly kind of out on this one just because well, I said Calvin the Falcons Riddle were like a dummy trade especially if the Falcons if, if the Texans aren't looking for a quarterback in exchange which is probably what the Falcons really want to do is get rid of Matt Ryan um you know then the, why are the Falcons even in the mix uh we have a call coming in do you want to take it yeah go for it all right welcome to our midnight Packers Texans deep dives you're on the you're on the call gotta unmute yourself there we go or not. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Um, so for our Spotify audience, because we recently... Okay, they just left. <laughs> they did a 180. We want to call. No, we don't. We're leaving. Um, <laughs> so for, for the Spotify audience, we obviously have recently come to Spotify. I'm hoping we'll be out on iTunes. Maybe you're listening to this on iTunes right now. If you've enjoyed the show and you want to participate because you're like, guys, you're missing it. You're idiots. He's not going to any of these teams. Um, you know, feel free to, to join us on Colin. It's a really fun app, and Tony and I have really kind of fallen in love with it because of the interactive experience, except when the person we're interacting with at a midnight on Wednesday is just like, yes, I'll call. No, I won't. Goodbye. <laughs> We've had some really good yeah. interactions, though. We have had some great callers, though, and we'd love you to be For one sure. of them. Yeah, absolutely. So get the app, subscribe to the show. You can even make your own show, like, you know, we we can come join you. That'd be a lot of fun. I always <laughs> I always love a good cross platform experience. We we do that with our friend James regularly. Yeah. Um, but get, to get back to the point, you know, little free advertisement for Colin. Maybe you guys want to sponsor us or something. I don't know. I, I'm just a broken Charlie. Uh, a bro- I see you listening. <laughs> Chase, Chase, we're talking about your Falcons. I'm you know when you <laughs> listen to this playback, I'm sure you're interested right now. Um, by the way, I hate to tell you that the Falcons aren't getting them. Um, <laughs> You know, hook us up. We're broke college students. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I th- that's why when I first heard the Falcons were in it, I'm like, come on, this has to be a leverage play. They're just trying to get more out of the Panthers or Saints. Cause, and that's what made me kind of rule out the Browns is like, you know, why did they name the Falcons? Because it's somebody that they could leverage against the NFC South teams. Now, granted, maybe that's not a great theory because... It, it shouldn't rule out the Browns anyway because the Browns don't have a counterpart that can be used to manipulate them. Like the Steelers, <laughs> the Steelers got their man in Mitch Trubisky. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I know it's not professional. The Ravens obviously have Lamar Jackson, and the Bengals are clearly free for the next twenty years, not having to worry about drafting a quarterback with with Joey Burr. So maybe that's not a good reason to rule out the Browns, but it's midnight and I'm running out of think juice. <laughs> I I don't see the Falcons being in this honestly at all, unless they were to send their only asset that they could send now that Calvin Ridley is out for the next year is Cordero Patterson. You know, Tajay Sharp is their wide receiver one at this point now that Calvin Ridley is gone. 
they really the only person they have to send besides Matt Ryan. Now that we know that you know the Texans don't want a quarterback, especially an old, expensive quarterback like Matt Ryan, is Cordero Patterson. Assuming that they just want offensive pieces, which would make sense. So I think that they are squarely out of this. Patterson's a free agent. Oh, they don't even have Patterson. Okay, well, I then believe they have he's a free agent. Nothing. I heard last that they were finalizing like or not finalizing they're getting a contract for him again uh, to try to bring him back but maybe not we'll see i that's totally possible but i just looked at i just googled to make sure and the last thing to come out about him was pro football network saying that there are three teams he could potentially go to well all right then in that case if you're listening you're a falcons fan then you have absolutely no hope of getting deshaun watson (laughs) you don't need to tune into this news any longer I'd love – okay, I'm looking at the article now, not to do a, a plug for Pro Football Network, but we just started picking up an audience at midnight at, at, <laughs> at 12.10. Um, but the Los Angeles Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Miami Dolphins are potential roles, and I kind of love that. I can see the Dolphins more than any of them, honestly. I kind of like that one. Yeah, I mean, with the with the new hire, right? Like, they probably are looking for, for new good running backs. Yeah. And he just had, like, a sudden crazy breakout year. Isn't Cordell Patterson getting, like, a little old, though? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't think he's he's young. He's 30. Okay, he's only 30. That's not terrible. 31. He'll be 31 when the season starts. Yeah, he'll be 31 when the season starts, so that's not... He's not young, but he's not exactly old, either. Yeah, no, fair. But, I mean, like... The, the larger point is that he was an asset the Falcons have, and they don't have him anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't have him anymore, which means the Falcons now have absolutely nothing. Yeah, you could trade Kyle Pitts, but why would you do that? Like, that's, the only thing that, 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 the, that's the only thing that Texans would be mildly interested Because you're right, Calvin Ridley's gone for a year, so he's, uh, he's not doing the Texans any good. I am going to you know stick with this Browns-Colts three-way trade that we have going on. I love it too much. No, I mean, it's it's a fun one, and it changes the NFL so much. It's going to give us so much content to talk about. I hope, especially if we're right, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to oh, ride yes. that one just like our Rams, our Rams win in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to say hashtag since midnight instead of hashtag since August. Yep, which, by the way, Los Angeles, if you're listening, I still have not gotten my ring in the mail yet. Yeah, I've been waiting for my ring since I was, you know, pretty much basically the first person to be like, the Rams are doing it. <laughs> last what february yeah i mean we like as the trade happened we have the receipts we just got to find them the text receipts yeah they're on is. spotify under the other <laughs> touchdown rundown account yeah all right uh, d- speaking to go back to audience interactions is anybody want to call back into the show wrap with some questions or i'm gonna go to bed because i thought this was gonna be a 30 minute show and it's turning into an hour long show oh tom so. you fool yeah, really. No show how Friday, you, guys. How could yeah? How could you ever think that we would keep a show short? <laughs> I should have known better. I was we've like been doing oh, this well, for over a year, and we've not one time ever been on schedule. No, never. I mean, we. I was like, oh, look at that. We did Rogers in twenty five minutes. That means we've got five to ten minutes to talk about Deshaun, and here we are, thirty minutes later. So, <laughs> yeah, that worked really well. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming to the Touchdown Rundown. We know you could get your your content in a lot of different places in this crazy media landscape so we we thank you guys for coming here we hope you guys will subscribe and we hope you guys will listen again we just instead of doing a set friday show where we talk about one topic for an hour we're just going to do these pop-up shows they'll probably be later in the day 
Um, but yeah, we, we enjoy doing these pop-up shows. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to them, and we hope you guys call in, because that's probably our favorite part of doing these. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody.